Thanks so much for checking out this message from LifeGate Church. We hope that God uses this message to encourage you and help you grow deeper in your faith. Good morning, everyone in the room, online. For those who I haven't met, yeah, Nathan just said, my name's Kath. I'm our kids pastor, so I'm often downstairs with the kids, but it's always an amazing privilege to be here sharing with you um, a little bit about what God's been talking to me about. So this week, in three days, I'm celebrating 15 years of marriage with my husband, Mark. (laughs) Um, But when we were first married 15 years ago, uh, so before our, we had three children, and while we were still both working as school teachers, and we had these amazing things called school holidays together all this time, and linking back now, I don't know what we did, because when I have time without my children now, sometimes I'm like, what, what do I do? <laughs> anyway, we decided to go on this road trip, because his sister lives down in Victoria, so we thought, don't just jump on the M5 and drive, let's go down the coast of... Uh, New South Wales, Victoria, down to Phillip Island, caught uh, one of those car boats across Great Ocean Road. We camped on the Great Ocean Road. That was super cold. And then one of our stops was the Otway Fly treetop adventures. And we're like, yeah, child-free, time-free, this is the best. And we're going to go and have this new experience of the trees. Mark, my husband, just loves being in nature. It's a place where God speaks to him. And for me, I just love a new adventure. So we get to Otway treetop adventure. And we get onto this platform, we're like, new perspective, this is awesome. And then when I got on that track, I realised and remembered that I'm scared of heights. (laughs) And I wasn't feeling so free anymore. (laughs) I was like, that's okay, I can do this. I just hold on to these railings. And so anyway, we've got to this spot like this. And so if you imagine me being the photographer here, and Mark, who was living up the freedom, just ran to the end and thought it would be super cool to jump. And I didn't think it was super cool, actually, at all. I was feeling very trapped at the moment. I don't remember what I said, but I'm sure I probably shouldn't say it again. I was not feeling very free at all. (laughs) So as I was preparing for today, I was thinking, really, what is freedom? (laughs) Now, the Webster Dictionary says that freedom is the power to do what you want to do, the ability to move and act freely. So Mark was definitely feeling freedom that day, wasn't he? (laughs) Doing exactly what he wanted to do. But the dictionary also defines freedom as the state of not being imprisoned or enslaved. And there wasn't a cage on top of that little walkway, but I was feeling quite imprisoned in that moment (laughs) and not very free. So I wonder where we find our freedom. I've already said today in my story that we talk about being child-free or time-free, just carefree in this world, or people talk about free food, that's tonight, dinner, free food, Uh, free parking, and there's been so much debate recently around freedom of speech and freedom of choice, and we could debate there for a long time, but today, I want us to look beyond that, and I want us to have a think about what is true freedom, because I believe that true freedom is found in Jesus. 
And I want us to look through um, a couple of passages in Acts, but I want us to start first looking at Luke, where Jesus speaks. Jesus has been baptized. He's been, he spent 40 days tempted, um, in the desert and then tempted by Satan. And he comes back and he stands and he quotes from Isaiah. And he says, The Spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free. He says, I came to declare the day of the Lord's favour. And when he finished reading, he rolled up the scroll and he said, today this is fulfilled in your hearing. So Jesus came to proclaim good news. And what is this good news? He came to proclaim freedom from sin. He says, to proclaim freedom from, for the prisoners. And people think of jailbreaks. And at this point, when Isaiah was speaking, uh, the, the Jewish people were in captive in Babylon, and they're talking about a freedom that's coming. And, and Jesus has come to say, it's bigger than just freedom from this captivity. It's freedom from that sin. Freedom from that sin that keeps us separate from God. He said, recovery of the sight from the blind, freedom from sickness. And yes, we're looking at today, and we're going to look at an example where Jesus healed, and Jesus healed many times. But bigger than this, when you read commentaries on these passages, Jesus is talking about a sight, recovery of sight, those who have the ability to see Jesus for who he is. Those who see the real freedom that's not in necessarily our body, but our whole mind and our spiritual awareness of who Jesus is. And freedom from oppression. And not just, like we said, that, that place of captivity and being um, held in oppression, but those fears that hold us back. The past, the shame that we walk under, or the hurt, any baggage that we are carrying. Jesus said, I've come. This is the good news. I've come to bring you freedom from this. The good news is that true freedom is found in Jesus. So when we find our identity in Jesus, when we see ourselves as Jesus sees us, and when we choose to believe, like we sung this morning, that God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that we're believing that, that we will not perish, but have eternal life, that's when we live free. We live free from death as a consequence for our sin. We have freedom no matter what the circumstances are around us. This is the freedom that we find in Jesus. Now, if we look around the world today, we're taught and people find freedom in their circumstance. People find freedom in money. People find freedom in control and just knowing what's going on around them. But true freedom is found in Jesus. So we're going to look, the book of Luke, as Nathan shared with us, sorry, Luke, who wrote the book of Luke, also wrote the book of Acts. So I want us to look now at the book of Acts because this early church saw that freedom was found in Jesus and they tried to live this out. And we're going to look at two different passages. So there's quite a lot of text today. If in the busyness leading up to Christmas you've got a bit behind in your Bible reading, you're welcome. You're going to catch up today. So I'm going to give you some abridged versions and through the week you can go back and just read this because, oh my goodness, what, it's been amazing for me reading the book of Acts um, recently. I'm going to start by looking at Acts chapters 3 and 4, where the lame beggar is healed, if you've read this part of the Bible before. 
We're going to pull out four characters and see how they are living out freedom. Now, in this story, a lame man is by a gate begging like he does every day. The apostles Peter and John, they come, he asks them for money, but they say, no, we don't have money, but in the name of Jesus, walk. And then he's praising God, he goes into the temple, a lot of people see him, uh, and we just want to see how these people react to that encounter. Alrighty, that's just a little bit of context. So at the beginning of chapter three, three, there's a man who was lame from birth. He was being carried to the temple gate called Beautiful, where he was put every day. Now take note of that, every day. When he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for money because he thought freedom was found in money. If I had some money, then I'll be able to buy the food uh, and um, all that I need for today. Peter says, silver and gold I do not have, but what I do have I give you. In the name of Jesus of Nazareth, walk. And he did. After 40 years, remember he was at that gate every day, and in chapter 4 it tells us for over 40 years. This day he didn't receive the money that he was asking for, but he received physical healing. Peter knew that true freedom was found in Jesus, and he offered this to the man. So this lame man encounters Jesus, and then he is healed. But the true freedom, if we look back at Luke chapter 4.18, it says, Jesus said, I've come to bring recovery for the sight. But this real healing happens in that following this, the lame man, he gets up, and he's not praising Peter and John. He is praising God. So he's walking and he's jumping and he's praising God and people see this and they recognize him because remember he was at the gate every day. So they see this and all the people saw him walking and praising God. They were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened. They wanted to meet these miracle workers, Peter and John. Who are these people? And Peter says, hang on a minute, it's not me but I know where true freedom is found and I'm going to offer this to you guys too. So those who are seeking, he's now proclaiming this good news and he says that it is by faith in the name of Jesus that this man whom you see and know, Peter knows, you know this guy, he's not faking it, he was made strong. It is Jesus' name and the faith that comes through him that has completely healed him as you can all see. There's no fake in this. So these people encounter Jesus and they believe. And it says that about the number of people who believed grew to about 5,000 that day. Jesus said that I came to bring freedom from the prisoners, those who needed eyes to see and believe that a salvation is in Jesus. But he was in the temple, right? So the Jewish leaders saw this too. And they reacted a little differently. They didn't like it because they believed freedom is found in the law and ticking boxes. And they wanted to bring control, not freedom. Consequently, they were threatened by Peter and John. And it tells us at the beginning of chapter 4 that they were greatly disturbed. They seized Peter and John and they put them in jail. It was getting late, so they waited to the next day so they could bring them before the other leaders. So these Jewish leaders, they saw it. 
but they reject Jesus. And they take control. Which is not true freedom. This is circumstantial freedom. So Peter and John find themselves thrown in jail. Their freedom taken away. They're brought before the leaders for questioning. So this circumstantial freedom is gone. But true freedom doesn't rely on circumstances, right? And if you've been listening to our past messages, Nathan shared recently from Acts chapter 1, verse 8, where Jesus said the, the Holy Spirit will come on you in power and you will be my witnesses here in Jerusalem and in Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. So here we are in Jerusalem. And look at this. And Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, is about to be a witness. And he says, if we are being called to account today for an act of kindness, guilty, guilty of kindness, okay, shown to a man who was lame, and if we're being asked how he was healed, well, know this, you and all the people of Israel, it is by the name of Jesus of Nazareth, whom you crucified, but whom God raised from the dead, that this man stands before you healed. So Peter and John, two of Jesus' closest friends, they have encountered Jesus. And what do they do? They have courage and boldness. These Jewish leaders are going, man, these guys are fishermen. They're not scholarly, educated people like us. How do they speak like this? Because they've found freedom that comes in Jesus. And Jesus said, I've come to proclaim the good news. And these guys are now proclaiming it filled by the Holy Spirit, with power to be witnesses. Peter says, Salvation is found in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given to mankind by which we must be saved. So whether in jail or whether free, the apostles spoke boldly the message of Jesus. And they offered this freedom to those around them, wherever they went, jailed or free, There were signs and wonders. People encountered Jesus and the church grew. And so did the persecution. It didn't stop. It got worse. But the church continued to grow. And as you read through Acts, you see many, many, many more examples of this. But I want us to skip over now to Acts chapter 16, where we find the apostle Paul and Silas in jail. Okay, now like I said, the persecution got worse. These guys have been jailed because they freed a slave girl of a spirit. But this took away the income of her owners. Ooh, dear, that financial freedom was taken from them. So these guys find themselves in jail. And I want us to look at how Paul and Silas react, but I also want us to look at how the jailer, who's in very much control of the situation, how he reacts as well. Okay? So in verse 23, after they've been severely flogged, remember they're not just jailed anymore, persecution's getting worse, severely flogged, they were thrown into prison and the jailer was commanded to guard them carefully. This jailer spoken to by those Jewish leaders and he took his job seriously. These men flogged, they wouldn't have been particularly strong right now, but when he received those orders, he put them in the inner cell not just the everyday cell, the inner cell, and he fastened their feet with stocks. 
they're not looking particularly free, right? And how do they react? They demand a last call, set up a protest, slander people on Facebook, call for a lawyer and fight. Fight. Well, I don't know, I wasn't there. Nope. Believing that true freedom is found in Jesus, at about midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. And the other prisoners were listening to them. So despite their circumstantial lack of freedom, they were free to pray and they were free to worship. So Paul and Silas encountered Jesus. And if you want to read about Paul's amazing encounter, go back and read Acts chapter 9. They had encountered Jesus and they were free. True freedom to pray and worship whatever was going on. Freedom from any oppression. And as a result, suddenly, there was such a violent earthquake that the foundations of the prison were shaken. At once, all the prison doors flew open and everyone's chains came loose. The jailer woke up. And when he saw the prison doors open, he drew his sword and was about to kill himself because he thought the prisoners had escaped. But Paul shouted, don't harm yourself. We are all here. Hang on a minute. This is the jailer who's not in prison, who's in control. He's ready to kill himself for the fear of losing these prisoners. Because the consequence, if he did lose these prisoners, would have been death. And I imagine probably public death. So to avoid that shame, that humiliation, he's like, I'm going to kill myself right here. That doesn't sound so free to me. But Paul says, don't harm yourself. This jailer, he saw the power of God at work in these men's prayer and worship. This jailer encountered Jesus. But he didn't know what to do with it. Unlike the Jewish leaders, he said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? They replied, believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved, you and your whole household. So our jailer encounters Jesus and he believes and finds true freedom. True freedom from the law, from that control. And just watch what happens, all right? So at, the, at that hour of the night, the jailer took them. He washed their wounds and immediately he and all his household were baptised. The jailer brought them into his house, into his house. Can you see that? And he set a meal before them and what he was filled with joy because he'd come to believe in God, he and his whole household. He was about to kill himself because he'd broken the law or lost these prisoners. I can see a few laws broken then. He's washing the wounds. He's taken them in his home. He's fed them. And he's filled with joy. Time and time again, we see that when people encounter Jesus and believe, their perspective chains and they find true freedom. So these passages, freedom wasn't found in circumstance or in money. 
It wasn't found in control. Freedom was found when people encountered Jesus. So church, where do you find freedom? If you're watching online, you can type it in the chat if you're feeling brave today. Do you find your freedom in money? Like that that lame man who was begging for money or the slave owners? Do you find freedom in the circumstances around you? Whether you are well or sick? Whether you're feeling trapped? Do you find freedom in control when you just know how things are going and I know what my schedule's doing and I feel free because I have that control? Do you feel freedom in the privilege to jump on a bouncy bridge and scare your wife? (laughs) Or do you find your freedom in Jesus? The early church believed freedom was found in Jesus. And despite the circumstances they found themselves, the hardship, the persecution, they fixed their eyes on Jesus. In Jesus, they found true freedom And then they offered it to those around them. So maybe you're sitting there asking, how do I find true freedom? Well, I believe there's four steps to finding true freedom. And you might find yourself anywhere along here because I believe that until we get to heaven, there's always more freedom to find. (laughs) Step one, believe in the name of Jesus. Paul said, believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved. It's a simple message. It's the good news that Jesus came down from heaven to die for our sins, for the sins of all people, and he rose again to life, offers forgiveness and eternal life to all those who believe in him. If that is you today, I just want to stop right now and give you the opportunity to pray. And we're going to all pray together, so you can repeat after me whether you've done this a million times or if this is your first time today. Step one, believe, hey? Let's pray. Dear God, I thank you for Jesus. Thank you that he came down to die for my sins. I'm sorry, God. Please forgive me. Choose to follow you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved. It's just the beginning. Because step two, we need to choose him daily. We are saved immediately. Eternal life is ours. And yet each day we walk with our eyes fixed on Jesus as he continues to bring freedom from sin, from sickness, from oppression. And we do this as we read his word. You've probably heard that before. Oh, read the Bible. Yes, read his word. It's living and it's active. If you don't know how to read the Bible, get a friend to read with you. Do some Bible apps. Join our foundations courses. Spend time in prayer and in worship whether you do that individually or with friends, whether you come and join our Steps to Freedom in Christ, whether you are listening to worship playing in your car, whether you can play a musical instrument, spend time alone in community, praying and worshipping. 
and be in that community, be in a life group, be here where we can encourage one another to choose him daily. Step three, let him change your perspective. Now, I'll be honest, I found lockdown a little hard. I know you guys didn't, but I did. And I did find myself saying at some point, my freedom's been taken away. And I was super stressed trying to figure out what I can do and what I can't do, and how to teach my kids all different ages of school at the same time, and all those sorts of things. But then I looked at my kids. They were pretty happy. <laughs> and then I remembered Mark 10, 15, Jesus says, come like a child. And I was like, okay, I'm going to do that. I'm just going to become like a child, happily oblivious to many things because I can't go anywhere. I've got a homeschool, so this is great. And what else did I do? I shut down all social media. I actually shut down at one point even every book I was reading and all I opened was my Bible because there was a point where I said, you know what, this is the truth and this is what I know is the truth. I went to my bedroom and I got on my knees and I prayed. Sometimes I had a hit in my wardrobe with Spotify playing. Sometimes I'd play my piano, but sometimes I'd just hide away from everyone and I just spent time with him. And do you know what happened? Kath encountered Jesus. And I found a peace and a joy despite the circumstances going on around me. As I examined who he was, as I remembered his promises and who I am in Jesus, I encountered him in a deeper way and I found true freedom. I began, I'm not there yet, I began to walk in peace, not worried about what was going on around me, and I found joy in the place of lockdown. I found freedom in my home to pray and to worship, to invest in my children, and to have joy whatever was going on around me. And like I said, I've only just begun. And if you ask those close to me this last week, I've been trying to walk through that again. Has someone, um, Michelle often encourages me, often walk through what you're speaking on. <laughs> Peace and joy, no matter the circumstance, as Jesus changed my perspective. And number four, the apostles offered it to those around them. So as I found myself in lockdown, walking in peace and joy, I was able to offer this to people as I spoke to them on the phone. As I walked the streets, I've had, I've had opportunities to pray with neighbours like I've never had before. As they shared things they were scared of, and I said, want me to pray? And they said, yes, actually. <laughs> so when I look at my own life and what has happened in these last five months and the true freedom that I can walk in because of Jesus, trusting him each and every day. I can stand here right now, like the apostles, as a witness to say that true freedom is found in Jesus. And I encourage you, church, to look at those areas of your life. Because like I said, we're not there yet. So... Where do you need to believe? Where do you need to choose him, change your perspective or to offer? 
Where is it that you need true freedom? I just want to give you about 30 seconds to consider that. And just imagine what it would be like if we lived in true freedom. God, I thank you that true freedom is found in Jesus. That as we believe, as we choose you and let you change our perspective, as we share that, as you give us eyes to see those around us, oh God, change us. Recover our sight that we may see you. Release us from the oppression and the captivity that holds us back from you. God, I pray that each one of us today will step a little closer and live in the true freedom that is found in you. Amen. Well, thank you for joining us. If you're watching online, I just encourage you to walk in true freedom this week. And if you're here in the room and you would like prayer, please, I would love to pray with you this morning. So I invite you forward to pray. And if not, I encourage you also as you leave today for morning tea to walk in the true freedom that Jesus offers us today. Thanks so much for checking out this message. LifeGate Church has people meeting in person and online in many different locations and we'd love to help you get connected. My name is Andrew and I lead our online team here at LifeGate Church and it's our job to do exactly that. We'd love to support you, help you get connected and find out how you can take your next steps. So why don't you head to lifegate.org.au slash online and we'd love to find out more about you and how we can serve you as a church. Thanks for checking out this message and we'll catch you soon.